Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thank you for being here with us today. Today, we want to talk about selling. We want to talk about specifically bringing that thing that you do into the world of excellence and how to make money with it. Um, you know, a lot of times we don't totally know where to start. We don't know what to do. Or once we know what to do, we don't know how to really bring that out with excellence to, into the world. And I have a couple of really amazing guests today. They're going to really help you be able to show up powerfully um, and have your best life here in this world. Again, I really want to thank you for the time that you are investing in being here with us today. I know that it's a time investment, and I know that it's good for you too. So thank you for being here. I appreciate you, and I honor you for the time that you've given to me today to speak into your life and hopefully make uh, some differences for you as you live as a thriving entrepreneur. So there's a couple of things, and, and, and we're going to be talking about both of those with our experts today, but I just want to kind of preface it before we get started. Um, you know, number one is that you know you want to have a business, but you have no idea what to do. You, you're like, I hate this nine to five. I don't want to do it. I'm not making the kind of money I want to make. Um, or I have a friend that's doing X and it's really working for them. Many of those different kind of things. And we find ourselves saying, if only, if only I could just really have the life I want. If only I could just really have the business I want. If only I could just really have the money I want. And so the first thing we need to identify is, is what is the best way to go about that? We've got a great expert who's going to talk to us about a formula for helping you make enormous amounts of money um, from uh, selling on Amazon. And that is a really powerful tool. It's important to note, and I'm going to say this again several times, I'm sure, throughout the episode, but, um, you know, Google is a search engine for people looking for information. Amazon is a search engine for buyers. And, uh, you know, so if you want to sell something to somebody, you should go where the people wanting to buy something are going. That makes sense, right? Um, for others of us, we've gotten to the place where we now know that thing we need, we need to do in the world, but we're kind of the best kept secret. You ever been there? You ever feel that where it's like, um, you know, I really am not doing what I do with excellence. And so again, um, our two experts today are going to give you some very solid strategies in how to be able to do what you do with excellence, whether it be 
um, selling things on Amazon or it be the coaching program you have or it be other things that you do in the world, it's important to have excellence in what you do to be really truly fully vested in being the best you you can be. And that's really what I want to talk to you about here for just a couple of minutes is a lot of times we settle for less than. I don't know if you've ever done that in your life, but I know I have. Um, you know, things are okay. And, um, you know, often when somebody says, how are you doing? We just flippantly say, I'm okay. Um, because they're just okay. And a lot of times that says volumes. I mean, sometimes it's just flippant. We're just saying it. But a lot of times in our life and in our business, that okay really is speaking volumes about what's going on for us, where we are. You see, it's really interesting to be able to know that you want more but feel stuck where you are. To get comfortable with uncomfortability, not in that good way that propels you, but in that way where you're okay with less than. You know your business could be doing more. You know that you're meant for more. You know that there's a huge reach that you could make for and with people, but you're doing okay. Often, when we come out of a corporate job, especially, or any other type of career kind of job, you know, we we went to school, we studied, we got a degree in something. It was either number one, what we always thought we wanted to do, or number two, what we were always told we were supposed to do. It can be either of those. Um, but now we've been working it for several years and it um you know it just isn't what uh you know what we had thought it was gonna be i was watching a tv show was several years ago actually but i remember uh kathy bates the line at the very beginning of this series that she was part of um she said after 30 years of studying patent law what i've learned is is that patent law is patently boring <laughs> and i think a lot of times we're in that place um where we continue doing it for years and years and years but it's not bringing joy into our lives it's not fulfilling us and we don't really feel like we're serving or helping the people that we know we're meant to serve so the first thing before we get into these experts today that I want to challenge you to do is to be open to growth. Now I'm going to tell you, growth is painful. Almost always when we grow, there are going to be some things that we're not going to want to go through as we're growing. We're going to come to points where we're going to be like, ooh, that hurts, I don't want to do it. But I promise you that if you will set your mind towards being the best version of yourself, towards living and growing and being all that you can be, the outcome is so worth it. 
you may be making six figures. You may be even making seven figures, but you're still finding yourself dissatisfied or you know that you can and should do more and you're not. So in this intro part here, what I'm wanting to do is call to you to challenge you that you can be and do more. There is so much more available for you. So much more that's possible for you. So much that you were meant to do. There is a place in this world that only you can fulfill. And if you don't, others may come around and do something similar. But I can tell you from experience, when you see what they're doing, you're not going to be like, yay, I'm glad that that got fulfilled. You're going to have things like jealousy spring up in you because you're going to see them doing that thing that you know you should be doing. Nature abhors a vacuum, so it will fill the space. But that space is meant for you. And when you step up and be all that you can be, regardless of who else is doing that and what else they're doing, there is that place that was always meant for you that you need to now be in to fulfill to the fullest. So I challenge you today to prepare yourselves as you get ready to listen to these experts to really be ready to up-level yourself today, to be all that you can be so that you can really live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. I hope that you're ready for that. I'm ready to see that happen to, for you today. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author, and now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. All right, let's jump into it. Let's talk about ways that you can maximize who you are in this world. Those of you that know Kathy and I, you know that we love Amazon. We love helping make bestsellers. But there are so many other things you can do on Amazon. In fact, one of the best things that I ever heard said was, whereas Google is a search engine for people looking for information, Amazon is a search engine for buyers. 
It's where people go when they want to buy stuff. So wouldn't you want to be there? Well, to talk to us about a strategy for that today, I'm joined by Dan Metters. He is here to talk to us about the multi-million dollar Amazon seller formula. I know you want to hear about that. Hey, Dan, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me on, brother. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. I actually got started with Amazon in 2011. And when I did that, I was fully employed at a toys and games internet retail company. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where one of our buddies uh, that worked there, he was, he was actually the CFO of the company. He came in one day and he gave us notice. And uh, it, it just kind of blew our mind because, you know, we live in, in a really small town. There's about 7,000 people. Um, and, and this guy had a, uh, higher than a six-figure salary. But despite that, you know, he was still turning his notice. And I was uh, like, I was like, hey, Andrew, man, what is going on here? You, you know, are, did you find another job? Are you moving or, or what's going on? And he said, no, man, I just make more money um, part-time selling on Amazon than I make here. And, you know, that, that, that was just a shock to us. Like we, we knew that Amazon existed, relatively speaking. Like, you know, we, we knew that, that you could sell on there. But I didn't, you know, I, I'd always thought of eBay as the bigger marketplace. So when we started talking a little bit more, he was like, no, it's, you know, it's just way better than eBay. I'm able to send all my products in and, and they handle uh, the, through FBA, they handle the shipping and customer service and all that stuff to customers, which really kind of let me scale a lot faster. And uh, we just, we were just so intrigued. Like we, we had to know more. So that night he actually took us out to um, a local store and we did, you know, the, we, we started doing what was called retail arbitrage and retail arbitrage uh, for anybody who doesn't know, is the is going into a physical brick and mortar store, purchasing a product, and then taking that and selling it for a profit online. And the first product that we actually looked at was a Disney car, and it was three dollars on the shelf and sixteen dollars on Amazon. And I was like, nah, there's just no way this thing sells. Um, but we ended up buying like ten of them and sending them in. And the first day they hit the Amazon fulfillment centers, they sold. And from there, it was just, it, it, you know, it was, that was the fire we needed. We, every, every waking minute that we weren't at work, like if we, you know, the weekends, at nights, we were out in the stores shopping and or uh, shipping our inventory to Amazon. And within that little like six month period um, to December, we had grown our business pretty significantly. You know, we started out with just that $600 credit card, but in December we did $50,000 in sales. So uh, that was the, that was the point where we, you know, we, we actually just left our full-time job and started uh, full-time on Amazon in 2012, in, in January, 2012. And throughout that year, you know, we saw, we saw uh, a huge growth. Uh, I think we did close to a million in sales um, the, that first year. And, but it was all through retail arbitrage. And, you know, that we, we ultimately did that for a few years. We were making great money, but the problem was, uh, you know, that, that we just didn't have very much time. Like we were always out there either shopping or shipping products. And, you know, there's just not a lot going on here locally in Kentucky um, as, as far as shopping. So me and Eric were dri literally driving all over the United States to, to pick up product. And then we would come home for a couple of days, uh, ship out the product and spend a day with our family. And then we were back at it again. So while we were making fantastic money, you know, it wasn't something that, that felt sustainable. 
That's, um, that's, I always love it when people find a way to turn just a little bit of money into something huge. Um, and of course, obviously, throughout the course of time, you discovered that there are some secrets. Um, it isn't magic, but there is a formula to it. Um, and of course, if a person wants to know all of it, they'd have to uh, work with you. But give us an idea of a little bit about how it works to really powerfully sell on Amazon. Okay. I can talk to you about the, the kind of that evolution of our model, right? And well, you went from doing retail arbitrage and, and, and not having any time, not being able to focus on growing our business. Like it was literally, we were working in our business uh, 60, 70 hours a week. And whenever you're doing that, you just don't have the opportunity to truly grow. Um, so we were looking for a more passive model. And we, you know, something that would allow us to kind of stay at home and, and be able to generate income without having to be on the road at all the time. Uh, so we, you know, we first started with a brick and mortar store and that didn't do too well. We, we went to a website and then we started, you know, looking back at Amazon and wholesale kind of popped out to us as a, as a reasonable model. And what wholesale is, is it's working directly with a brand or a distributor to purchase products in wholesale quantity to be able to sell those products for a profit on Amazon. So, you know, technically we're retail retailers, but we do purchase our product via wholesale. So when we got started with that model. Uh, we, we, we did have some struggles and, you know, everything didn't go as, as swimmingly as possible, but, but we did really find one niche that worked out really well for us. And what it was is, you know, we, we, we saw that there were all these opportunities with brands, like particularly where the brand was already doing good, maybe with a product or two, but the product, uh, just just wasn't being featured well and had a lot of room for growth. So with those types of opportunities, you know, that was one where we were able to start approaching brands directly. And, you know, we didn't have a giant war chest of money at the time uh, to be able to compete on order size and stuff like that. But one of the things that we really did is we started focusing on building relationships through value. And uh, through that, we were able to, you know, talk to them about some of their, some of the growth potential they had. And, and it's like, that was how, that was the, the end that we used to get them to start working with us, right? Was being able to provide that value, help them grow their sales and reach an audience uh, in exchange for, for, for them working with us. So, you know, really to, to be successful on Amazon, I, I think it's, you know, it's not very hard but it, it does require uh, relationships. I, I think relationships and, and building long-term value with, with your, with brands and stuff like that is, uh, is a ticket to success on Amazon because ultimately like uh, most people want to get on, they want to make a purchase, they want to sell the product and then just rinse and repeat, but they're not developing any type of relationship. So it's, you know, the relationships that they are developing are, are transactional at best. Whereas, you know, if you dive in and you, you, develop that rapport, you focus on growing together, you develop a, a, a significantly uh, more long-term uh, partner. And, and that's, that's what we found is, you know, our biggest transition over the past couple of years has been uh, to, to working with fewer vendors, providing better value and uh, developing those relationships out further. So as you develop these relationships, you then have the ability to ask for certain things, one of which may be, hey, could I get this for a lower price? What are some of the secrets to negotiating better pricing for the people you're purchasing from? 
Sure. No, that's actual, you know, that's absolutely right. You know, there's, there's quite a few advantages that can come from something like that. And one of them is, is better pricing. One of them is ex- exclusivity potentially. And that's where you're the only seller of the product. Um, but yeah, you, you know, it's, uh, as far as negotiating, uh, there's a, you know, I think a lot of people have that like negative, uh, car salesman connotation and, and that's what they, you know, that's, that's how they, they picture negotiation. But for us, it's, it's, it's just part of a process, right? Like the first key to, to, to being better at negotiation is being willing to ask for a discount. And, you know, every single time, every single time, even today when we get price lists, like that's just part of our process. We, you know, we'll, we'll contact them back and it's like, Hey, you know, thanks for sending us over your price list. We really do appreciate it and can't wait to get started. Do you guys have any discounts available uh, or any type of volume discounts or free freight thresholds that we should know about? And it's just something like that. Uh, super simple to open up the conversation of discounts, but beyond that, you know, if if they don't have discounts, it's uh, you know a lot of there there are definitely some people that that won't give you discounts just because you ask, and you know when that's the case, that's when it gets a little more difficult. But you just have to be able to show them that the value that you're providing is worth the discount. And for us, it's not just about making making more money, right? Like the discounts that we get a lot of the time are to, to, to be able to focus and help them grow their brand through things like advertising and stuff like that. And ultimately, you know, it, we, we work relatively slowly, like uh, over time, it's, it's about proving our value and developing that relationship, which ultimately ends up in us getting the best price. But it, sometimes it does take a while to get there for sure. So how do you analyze what product you should and shouldn't sell and you know, what's the formula? What tools do you use to really get the best products? Oh, absolutely. Like, and that's a critical part of success on Amazon, right? Is being able to choose products that, that have upside and, um, and, and just be, and sell well. So for us, uh, one of the things it, we wanted to, to remove a lot of the, the subjectivity out of it, because realistically, if you don't do that, what you end up is, you know, you end up in a job that, that you have to perform, right? But we wanted to be able to outsource, scale, and grow so that, you know, we didn't have to work in our Amazon business every single day. And we have got it to that point. Like over the past couple of years, you know, I, I, we've gotten down to where we work about an hour a week at best and within the Amazon business. And that's because of uh, our ability to outsource and, and, and scale that, that business. So, you know, one of it is, I think, coming up with binary criteria, right? That's It's either yes or no. And and we developed a, a set of, of really simple binary criteria that helps us qualify leads. Now, those, those are, you know, number one, I want to see that the product is not being sold by Amazon. Now, uh, you know, Amazon is, you know, I, I, it's one of those things, like, I feel like you can, we can definitely beat Amazon in some regards. Like their products where we can just, we get better pricing, we're able to get there and, and, and fight them. But the problem is, is, it, you know, there's easier competition out there. Like Amazon doesn't share the buy box the same way as everybody else, which makes it harder and more, uh, more unpredictable. And it, you know, it's just a worse experience than selling with a product that's not carried by Amazon. So it's not really that we don't think we could win. It's, I don't want, I don't know if the fight's worth it. So we, you know, that's our first criteria is not carried by Amazon. The second criteria is that we want a product that has an established sales history. Um, and specifically we're looking for products that sell greater than 40 times a month before we, before we do anything. 
Now, the reason we do that is, you know, realistically, me and Eric, whenever we started, we didn't have a pile of money in the bank to, to get started. So we had to really focus on liquidity. And whenever you do that in your business and you keep your cash liquid, it really gives you the chance to, to grow and, and make as many decisions as possible, right? And what we realized is through our process that the vast majority of decisions that we make are good ones. You know, we do make bad decisions just like everybody else. But if I can put myself in the position to make as many decisions as possible and by bad decisions are fairly limited, you know, like we make a bad decision on a product, we might lose 10% or something like that. But the upside on a product is we may make, you know, 30% for five years or, or six years on a product where, you know, we've established that long-term relationship. So our, our losses in that regard are pretty minimalized and the upside is huge. Um, so, but, but we want to always start from a base of having that established sales history so we can make sure that our product never just gets stuck anywhere or our money never gets stuck. Like I never want to own a pile of product that doesn't sell. So that's our, that's our first criteria because, you know, I hate creating listings and I would much prefer to make something better. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's our second criteria. The third one is that we want products that are being carried by three or more sellers initially. Now, the reasoning for that is, uh, you know, that's to help us avoid private label products. Now, private label products are products that were, are similar to an existing brand. They were created with their own label, with their own brand name, but relatively they're, they're you know, the same. And, and uh, you know, the, the purpose for those products, they were created to be sold on Amazon. So I just don't feel like we align very well. Like, you know, we're not going to be able to provide them the, the value that they necessarily are looking for uh, to make that relationship worth it on their side. So, you know, by, by saying a, a minimum of three sellers, what that shows us is that that company is actively working with uh, other sellers, which means that they would potentially be interested in working with us. And if they're interested in working with us, that's the point where we can start cultivating that relationship. We just need it to be, you know, we need to, not uh, to be making sure that our message is landing in the right landing with the right people. So, you know, that's, that's why we require three or more sellers on our products, but that's our, you know, that's kind of our three simple criteria to get started. And if, if a product meets that criteria, you know, not carried by Amazon sells more than 40 times per month and uh, it, it has more than three sellers, like that's a product for us. That's, that's worth reaching out and talking, uh, talking to the brand owner directly about. Now, another kind of, uh, you know, baseline criteria, I think for someone getting started is you probably want to look for products that are more than $20. And, and that's just because of Amazon fees and stuff like that. Now you can profitably sell products for, you know, that are less than $20 on Amazon. It's just, you, you know, it might require some additional, um, kind of like advanced logistics knowledge or something like that to make them more profitable. But yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of like our, our, I would call it three B criteria. So what is one thing that a person who is interested in becoming an Amazon seller could do right now today to get started? No, it's just, uh, you know, for, for everything, for our entire research process, like we start on amazon.com. Like that's the point is Amazon gives you all the information that you actually need to really get started. So for us, it's, you know, just kind of think about what, uh, something you enjoy, like maybe you enjoy hunting, right? And just type in hunting supplies and just go start looking for brands that meet those criteria that, you know, don't have Amazon as a seller, have more than three sellers, sell more than 40 times for And there's a free way to gauge that, right? Like if you scroll down the Amazon page, you'll see something called best sell, best sellers rank. 
And what that tells you is, you know, uh, it's a it's a ranking system that starts at one. One is the best selling product on Amazon uh, in a specific category, and it goes from there. So, like, if you're looking at a product and it says four thousand in health and personal care, that means it's the four thousandth best selling product in health and personal care at that time. So, while that doesn't give you a lot of information, there's a free website that we use uh, that's called JungleScout.com forward slash estimator and it's it's absolutely free you just go in there and you say four thousand in health and personal care and that gives that tells you approximately how many sales per month that that product is selling so once we know that like we can see that it's above 40 but yeah that's you know that's honestly the quickest way to get started is look in amazon in an area that you're you know you're you, you have some level of knowledge of. it doesn't have to be like professional level knowledge it's just interest because whenever you're talking to a lot of these brands, whenever you reach out to a brand and you're having those conversations, you need to be able to have some sort of conversation with them about the product. Now, that gets easier the more you do this. You know, for what it's worth, we literally carry products in every single category uh, of, of all different types. And, it, you know, there are some things that I would literally never, ever, ever imagine would be used by anybody that we sell and sell very well. So, you know, you grow away from that. But early on, those conversations can be... You, it's, I wouldn't say difficult, but they're, you know, a lot of people are just apprehensive whenever they're, they, they don't feel uh, uh, sure of themselves that, that, you know, in their ability to have those conversations. So we like to tell people to start with something, you know, and like. Awesome. All right. So what would people who want to learn specifically from you, how to do the wholesale formula, how would they connect with you? Absolutely. Uh, just go to the wholesaleformula.com slash thriving. And we set that page up, especially for you guys and, and your audience. And, you know, it's, it's just kind of that basic walkthrough on what we do, our business model, and how to get started. And it's absolutely free. That's the wholesaleformula.com forward slash thriving. Thank you, Dan. I really appreciate you uh, giving that to the listeners. Dan Metters, the founder of The Wholesale Formula, a multi-million dollar seller on Amazon. Dan, thanks so much for spending some time with us on the show today. Absolutely, brother. Thanks for having me on. I hope that sparked some ideas in you, whether it be to use Dan's formula to reach out to him and really build a powerful Amazon business, or whether that's just simply a matter of doing that thing that you know you can do and showing up powerfully in this world as you do it. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to we help 
youthrive.com. Check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to us today on Thriving Entrepreneur. In the last segment, we were talking about creating an Amazon business, about a concept that you can use to be able to powerfully build that business that you've always wanted. Now we're going to move on to the next step, and that's that whether it be your Amazon business or something else, you have something, and now you need to learn how to show up powerfully. I really want you to be in tune for this as well so that you can take your life and your business to the next level. After a life of consulting to Fortune 100 companies, David has gone out on his own to help others really powerfully show up as experts at what they do. He wants to help you put your dreams into reality right now today. And I'm really excited to dive in with David Wood and really learn about him. Hey, David, thanks for being on the show with us today. My pleasure. I'm excited to find out what we're going to say. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, tell us just a little bit about you and what's brought you to this point in your life. Well, I started life uh, stunted, but I didn't know it. When I was seven years old, I had a, a tragedy in my family and I watched my, my little sister die in a traffic accident, which, I mean, I think all of us have some, something in our past that's, that's shaped us. This was mine. And I grew up smart, intellectual, left-brained, a geek about systems. I can create things in time and space and get results. I even became a consulting actuary to Fortune 100 companies um, when I was based in New York. But what I missed was the relational piece. I really missed how to reveal myself, how to take a risk with people, how to truly connect with people and communicate so we have deeper and deeper connection. So I've spent the last 20 years exploring not just the systems and the results and the business success, which I love, but also how do we connect deeper with people? How do we have more authenticity with truth, daring, and caring so that on our deathbed, we can look back and say, I gave it everything. I have zero regrets. Mm, yeah, that's very possible. So you ask a couple of really poignant questions that I'd love to hear your answers to. Um, the first one is, are you playing for real? So first of all, tell me what you mean about playing for real and then uh, poise that question to the audience. Yeah. Um, I think that sometimes we're too serious and I hold the viewpoint that life is a game. I love games. And I think that life is the greatest game there is. It's just a game with very high stakes. And when we see that it's a game, we can relax a little bit. We can be in flow. We can actually take it as an exciting challenge. So let's play. But then I realized I don't want people to get the idea that it's just frivolous, like it doesn't matter. We're going to play, but let's play like our life mattered. Let's play like our life's at stake, which it is. So let's play for real. And the, the, word for re the two words for real also have a meaning for me too because I wrote an app called Get Real. 
And I want that for everybody. Let's get real with each other and show our true selves. So it's another play on words with play for real. So I asked all our listeners, are you playing for real in your business, in your work, and in your life? Or on your deathbed, are you going to look back and say, you know what? I didn't actually give it everything. I think I was playing at 50% or 70% or 80%. So what is dangerous about playing it safe and only, you know, giving out that 50%? Yeah, we, most of us are risk averse and that's fine. I used to be an actuary, so I consulted to big companies on risk. And the reason we want to play it safe is we don't want to lose something. So I may not tell my boss that I want to raise because maybe it's going to backfire or maybe I don't, um, call that celebrity and ask for an endorsement for my product because I'm going to get rejected. So we're, we're constantly looking to play it safe, but what we're missing is the risk of playing it safe, the danger of playing it safe. And that is we risk dying with regret. We risk never finding out what would have happened if we went for it. So I'll give you an example. I, um, the first woman I ever coached, was keeping her husband under the thumb because he'd had an affair 10 years earlier and she just used it to control him. But what she didn't tell him is that she had an affair 10 years earlier. She didn't own up to that. So obviously she doesn't want to tell him about that because she wants to play it safe, keep the marriage she's got, keep him under the thumb. If she does tell him she's taking a risk, she could lose the marriage. But what she's also risking by not telling him is she's risking missing out on freedom, on true love, on true authenticity. She's risking on maybe finding another relationship that that could be better for her or having a deeper relationship with this man. So her playing safe was actually dangerous. And she, once she realized that, she went and owned up to him and apologized and came clean and put her marriage on the line. And she told me that the two of them felt that they were walking six feet above the ground the whole weekend. They were so in love at their new level of connection. So you can see how what she thought was playing safe was actually dangerous. She was risking another unhappy 10 or 20 years. Mm, that's a great question that all of us should ask ourselves is what are we missing out on because we're not stepping into all that we should be. That's cool. Yeah, Where are you playing safe in your life? You can even take a pen and piece of paper and just write down where are you playing safe? Is it in your work relationships? Is it in your romantic relationship with your friends, with your kids? Uh, Is it in the, in the hobbies that you've chosen? Is it the projects you take on? Do you, do you not tell people how much you love them? Is there a confession somewhere in your past? Someone you could, you could apologize to. That'd be a great exercise with a piece of paper. And then once you realize where you're playing it safe, start to identify what, what's the risk of that? What are you risking by playing it safe? And are you willing to take a chance and be more daring? Wow, that's awesome. 
So, um, you know, you work with people on a very wide range, um, all the way from high performance leaders to prison inmates. Um, do you find that there's a commonality though between people in general, regardless of what level they're playing at? I do. Look, you, you could be a CEO owning a helicopter or you can be a prison inmate who has to ask permission to go to the bathroom and be told when to eat and wear the same clothes every day and share a cell with, with sometimes seven other uh, inmates. What I found that's, that's common is we're all capable of complaint. We're all capable of taking whatever our situation is, no matter how good or bad and complaining about it. We're capable of going into victim mentality and blaming other people or life for our unhappiness. Similarly, we're all capable of recognizing that maybe when someone gets in your face about it or you listen to a podcast like this, we're capable of recognizing where we're using victim, blame, shame, and we can create a new story for our life, a new game, if you like, even perhaps with our own rules. And you can do that if it's a, whether it's a boardroom or a prison yard. I love how you keep playing with the play word, you know, the play on playing. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Glad you noticed that. Yeah. Um, do you think that's one of the secrets is, is that as adults, we've just forgotten really how to play? Oh, for sure. And I want to reveal too, um, you know, I'm not saying I'm some guru who has this down all the time. I forget to play. I've forgotten multiple times a day to play. My, I've got a new puppy and she kept me up until 2 a.m. She just would not settle down. So I'm feeling exhausted and often it'll go through my head. How am I going to show up today? How am I going to do my coaching calls? How am I going to do this prison Zoom call that's, that's coming up later today? And in those moments, I forget. But you and this interview have just reminded me, this is a game. I'm going to have at least an hour where I can put my head under the sheets and hide with my puppy and maybe have a little snooze. And I, I got a cup of coffee here. And I can, I can play a game here with you and here with the listeners. I can play a game with the inmates to make that call really alive for everybody. So I totally agree. I want to, I really like, Steve, your, um, your question about what's the commonality. And I just thought another commonality too, I, I talk a lot about truth, daring, and caring as the three pillars of play for real. And whether you're a prison inmate or uh, the owner of your own business, you can be more truthful. You can take a risk, be a little more vulnerable and reveal more of yourself to the world. One, because it feels good, ultimately, maybe not in the short term. And secondly, I say it can hit the bottom line. You can actually make more profit if you tell more truth. More daring. You think a prison inmate can't be more courageous? Even telling another inmate their truth, like telling them, hey, when you did that, I felt, I felt pretty... Uh, I felt pretty sad and I felt small. Like talk about taking a risk. And in a boardroom, you could say, hey, it feels like we're not on the same page here. Does anyone else feel that? Like we're kind of, kind of like pulling each other down rather than building each other out, up. Everyone could be more daring. 
and we can all be more caring, whether it's caring for yourself, caring for your business, caring for your relationships. Um, yeah, I, I'm geeking out a little bit because you, you're helping me see commonality all over the place for humans. As you were talking, I kept thinking to myself, wow, that's amazing. Um, if you don't mind sharing, and maybe you can't give exact specifics, but I would love to hear some generalizations, at least stories of impact that communicating at that level has done for people in prison. It just seems so vulnerably scary. It's both amazing to me as well as almost unbelievable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to talk about the impact in the prisons and I don't want to skip over that. I feel like you just modeled something very simple, but also missing from most of our relating. You just did a reveal, very minor reveal when you said, as you were saying that, I was thinking, wow, this is amazing. Like you let me know what was going on inside your head. And I wasn't taught how to do that. Most of us haven't been taught. Someone says something, we just jump to our next thing. Then they jump to their next thing. So something as simple as what you did, which I call a reveal, can go a long way to increasing authenticity. And it's just, oh, as you were saying that or hearing that, I notice I'm thinking about this or I was feeling excited while you said that. Or Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to point that out because you modeled something really simple yet profound if we start following that where it leads. Now, regarding the prisons and the impact, I've... Um, I've been to two prisons now. This, this program is new for me. And I was really struck by how quickly the men, uh, the first prison was a men's prison, how quickly they opened up. And on the second day, we're talking about race relations in prison. It was a very charged topic. And they started talking about gangs. And at one point, a white guy and a black guy stood up from opposite sides of the circle, came to the middle and hugged each other in contravention of prison regulations, by the way, because you're not allowed to hug in prison. So they, they, they constantly blow me away with how hungry they are for these skills to learn how to deeply connect. See, a lot of them, were abused either physically or sexually or both. A lot of them have turned to drugs as a way to numb their pain, which I know I can relate to. And I bet most of us can relate to wanting to numb the pain. There aren't many of us who haven't had a drink to try and relax our body or to have some coffee to try and stimulate us and get us through a meeting. They took it further and went off the rails and they're hungry to learn. No one taught them how to relate authentically. No one taught them. You can reveal that. You can take a risk. No one taught them how to get curious about another person, how to have more truth, daring, and caring in their life. So when we show up, we're saying, all right, we've got two days. Let's roll up our sleeves. Some of them are in tears. Sometimes I'm in tears as they start to open up and find out how they can authentically relate both in the prison right now with guards and with their, their cellmates and 
how they can relate once they get out of prison to handle that job interview and get that job, how to handle their boss when their boss is, is yelling at them rather than having to react because they can't handle their feelings, how to, how to practice emotional Aikido so they can just roll with it, absorb everything that's coming at them and then reflect honestly how that impacted them. So I, I'm constantly seeing impact from these women as they, even as they report, they, like I see them open during the course, but then on the second day, they'll talk about a conversation they had with their, with, with their husband overnight. And one woman saying, normally we just fight, but this time I listened in a way I never have before. And we said, well, what happened? She said, he just talked my ear off. He was so excited. He couldn't stop. And I heard it all. And I asked him questions. He said, we didn't fight. It was really easy. Just in stunned amazement. That is so cool. And I don't want to diminish the power that, of course, that'll have with somebody who hasn't gone that far off the rails, if you'll use that phrase. Right. Um, <laughs> right. See, wow. I... I, I, I have prejudice and I have judgments and I, and I do look at someone in prison green and, and I have a judgment. I'm better than them. I'm smarter than them. Um, so I have all that prejudice and judgments, but I also clear that on one level, none of that's true. This is a human being and the most successful person in the world. Start, start looking at your relationships and your communication we can all find areas where we could reveal more. We can find people that we can apologize to. We can find confessions that we could make, and even if they're minor, and say, hey, I just want to let you know, uh, I borrowed that thing without, without telling you. And uh, I'm sorry. I, in fact, I've lost it. I, I know you've probably forgotten about it, but I haven't. And I'd like to buy a new one. Like the simplest things are all possible regardless of how successful we are. So, and I know you teach people this in depth. You even talked about it being a two-day course. But if there was one thing that a person could take action on right now to live with more truth, daring, and caring, what would that one thing be? Love the, I love the question. So, firstly, the brain isn't normally trained to tell you what's happening. A lot of these things just go into the subconscious. So one way you can start to become more aware and train your brain that you want to know what you're thinking, you want to know what you're feeling is to share more of it. Just start revealing. So any conversation you're in, you notice something's going on with you, like you're getting a little tense or your energy's going down or you notice you're getting really interested, you can share that. Hey, hearing that, I notice this is what's going on for me. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. That's one simple step you can do in every single interaction. And the more you do it, and I'm talking about weeks, months, and years, the more you do it, the more you can train. Firstly, you're going to get more connected most of the time. You're going to get more connected with the other person. And secondly, your brain will start telling you more about what's happening in you which gives you more that you can reveal and share with other people. So it's a really powerful loop. I know there are some people that want to go deeper with you. Um, how would they 
continue working with you? Thank you. Well, the best way is to go to playforreal.life and read about a discovery session and see if that calls you. Now, I don't charge for this. For one reason, I love doing the sessions. And secondly, it's my way to find out who's appropriate for me to work with long term. So we might just create a life plan and a work plan for you. And if you want to go and implement that on your own, I hope you'll stay in touch and let me know how it goes. But if, you've, if we both feel like coaching could have a really big impact on your life and work, then we can talk about coaching at that point. So go to playforreal.life, L-I-F-E, and click on the big button that says request a session. And I can't say yes to everybody, but I can say yes to a lot of people. And if you qualify, we'll get something on the calendar. And uh, I'd love to roll up my sleeves and really dig into your life and work. It'd be a privilege. Again, I encourage everybody, think about somebody in prison and that having an impact on their life. And then think about a person that's the CEO of a Fortune 100 company and that it's had an impact on their life. And then ask yourself, aren't you ready to play for real? I mean, really. So go to playforreal.life and interact with David and see how he can help you. David, I really appreciate the time that you've taken to be on the call with us here today. My great pleasure. Thank you, Steve. I hope that that really up-leveled you, that you feel empowered from what was just shared to really be able to show up in a way that maybe you've never shown up in your business. That would be awesome. I would love to see you really succeed at a level that you've never succeeded before. Feel free to share with us both from the first segment or this one, things that you picked up. Um, just go out to your favorite social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, and remember to hashtag thriving entrepreneur and let us know what you got out of, um, you know, the advice and the help that we got from our wonderful guests today. We're going to take our quick, our last quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back here on thriving entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelp.com youthrive.com check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today welcome back to thriving entrepreneur this is steve welcome back at this end part i always feel a little bit like um, at the end of wizard of oz when they say what did you learn dorothy (laughs) um i hope that you got lots of great information for yourself, whether it be an idea, both, uh, you know, I love Dan's Amazon concept, or it be something else that you know you've meant to do. Um, I, I really hope that 
then um, you've got some ideas spinning in your head. And then I hope that you will take those and you will up-level yourself, number one, because it's that inside game that's the biggest piece of it. But then also be able to take that to really, truly make your business just as the most powerful it possibly can be. Um, I really appreciate you listening, and I'm glad that you were here with us today because you need to understand, like I said in the first segment, there's nobody else that can fulfill that place in the world that is yours. You are uniquely brilliant. You were created very specifically for a purpose. And the world needs you. They don't need your version of Oprah. They don't need somebody else doing what you do. No matter how many other people are in your industry, in your field, we need you to show up and be the best version of yourself. It makes all of our lives better when you are all that you're meant to be. We appreciate it, number one, but we also need it. You know, ultimately, the solution for all of the things that can and could go wrong in the world boils down to each of us working on ourselves to be the best version of ourselves. What that's going to mean is, first of all, working on yourself, and then second of all, sharing what you've learned so far with the world. If you're ready to take that step, it's really easy for you to just join us in Best Sellers Guild. You can just go to bestsellersguild.com and um, you know we would love to begin having the conversation with you and showing you just in our free group some of the things that you can do to powerfully be you in the world, to make that difference that only you can make. If you don't make it, nobody else can. So please, I, I implore you, be the best version of you. Do all that you can do. We will be grateful to you as a world when you show up at the maximum of who you are and what you do. I thank you in advance for you stepping up and being all that you can be, both what you've already done and all those things you're going to do so that you can live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Until next time, I really hope that you have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. 
now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.